to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to episode 38 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today we're going to talk about how you can lose fat without counting calories or macros. Before we get into the episode, I have an exciting announcement, and that is that the doors are open now for the next round of Sane and Simple Nutrition. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while or following me on social media, or if you're on my email list, you know that this has been coming. This is a program that I launched several years ago. I originally created it out of my own experiences, my own bad experiences, being confused about nutrition information, trying different fad diets, which ended up in a lot of disastrous places, my experience having up and downs with weight loss, and then ultimately my experience in actually maintaining my weight. I realized that a lot of people are just really confused and overwhelmed and they don't really know where to turn for quality nutrition information. And so when I built the course, my mission was to make it as simple as possible and to help you by showing you that there are only a few things you need to focus on to achieve success. And then as the course has evolved, I have also spent a lot of time talking about some of the most common obstacles that get in people's way. So for musicians and creatives, a lot of times it's time management or, you know, you're always on the go. Like, how do you eat healthy when you can't cook every meal at home? For a lot of people, it's things like stress and emotional eating. For other people, it's really like, you know, you might have had some fat loss success, but you haven't had much maintenance success because you haven't really learned the skills you need for maintenance. And I talked all about that in a separate episode. So all of these things are covered in the course. It is a six-week group coaching program, totally online. And I only run this course once or twice a year. To be honest, I'm not sure if I'm going to run it again until like well into 2024. So if you are interested in getting this information of getting rid of all the BS about nutrition, of finally focusing on the things that are really important so that you can get results, so that you can stress less around food, you can lose or maintain your weight, and that you can just feel really good in your body and feel good about the way that you're eating, I want you to join me for the course. And you should join now, like I said, because I don't know when the course is coming back and it might not be for another year or even longer. Now, if you want to join, you need to do so by the end of the week. So if you're listening to this live on Wednesday, April 5th, enrollment is only going to be open through Sunday night, April 9th, because coaching begins on Monday, April 10th. The link to learn more and sign up for the course is carolinejusterfitness.com slash sane and simple nutrition, all one word, no dashes, no caps. Again, carolinejusterfitness.com slash sane and simple nutrition. I will also post a link in the show notes. And if you follow me on social media, it is all over social media as well. 
like I said, I really love doing this course. And I'm really passionate about it. And I feel really strongly that this is great information that has it has helped a lot of people and is going to help people that sign up for this next round as well. So enough about that. If you're interested, go to carolinejusterfitness.com slash sane and simple nutrition and sign up. So in keeping with my theme of talking about nutrition, talking about some of the things that are going to be covered in the course, I want to talk today about how to achieve fat loss without like really hardcore tracking. Now, in previous episodes, I've talked about whether you should or should not count calories, whether you should or should not lose fat. Let's just assume that you've decided you have uh, enough time, you're in a good place to pursue fat loss, and you already know for whatever reason that tracking doesn't really work for you. I'm personally a fan of tracking, and I do think that if you're really beating your head against the wall, even if you try all the tips I'm sharing today and you still can't figure it out, you may want to consider tracking, but you know, I don't really think that tracking is necessary to achieve success. Tracking is great because it gives us like objective data and information, but you can make the same kinds of changes on your own, qualitative changes, as opposed to focusing only on numbers and data, and you can get to the same place without really having to track. So I'm gonna share some of the ways that you can do that today. Now, you could employ all of these tips. You could just pick one. I really think that the first tip, which is a little broad, but there's a lot of juicy stuff in there, is one of the most effective things that you can do. But really any of these, you know, play around with them, experiment until you find something that works. So I have five tips for you here on how you can lose fat without counting calories. So the first one is something that I call fixing your leaks. So when it comes to nutrition, now, okay, let me back up. When I work with clients and when people join Sane and Simple Nutrition, I actually do have people keep a food log. Now, this isn't necessarily a calorie log or like you're not on my fitness pal or anything like that. But I like people to just take a few days, usually three days, and write down everything they're eating without making any changes. Now, the reason that I do this is because I want you to have an honest picture of the way that you're currently eating. If we are struggling with food issues or with our weight or anything like that, there are usually like a few really obvious things that are creating a lot of the problems. Now, some of them are easier to fix than others, but I don't love the idea of having people get on. I mean, I don't do this at all, but I don't love that people do it in general of finding a meal plan or finding a diet and just hopping right into it because they're trying to change everything about the way they're currently eating. And that's not really sustainable. You're very unlikely to stick with that beyond a few weeks. You might not even be getting to the heart of the things that are standing in your way. And also, like, there's always something that you're doing well. So even if you're overeating a lot, maybe you're really good at eating vegetables or maybe, you know, your weekends are kind of a dumpster fire, but your weekdays you do a pretty good job and you eat in a pretty balanced way. And I like people to see that so that they can say, okay, like I don't have to change everything about the way that I'm eating in order to see progress. I can keep the things that are good and then I can go in and try to fix the leaks. So let me elaborate on what this is. excuse me. So a leak, as I see it, is like a source of extra calories. And they're usually big sources of extra calories. Some of the common examples that I see are things like lots of extra snacking or mindless eating. So if you work from home, maybe you're going to the pantry all the time. Or if you're in an office, you're always going to the break room. Or every time you're frustrated with work or you need a distraction, you're reaching for food, that type of thing. High calorie liquid Uh, beverages, so things like full sugar, soda, pop, 
Alcohol is a big one. Those sugary coffee drinks, whether you get them at the coffee shop or you get them in a bottle from Costco and they're sitting in your fridge, those types of things can provide hundreds and hundreds of extra calories. For some people, excessive meals out at restaurants or even just going out on the weekend. So if you are the type of person who feels like you work really hard all week long and you're really quote unquote good, which I hate phrasing it that way but hopefully that might resonate with some people and then on the weekends you're going out to brunch and you're getting drinks and you're eating snacks and well I can start over on Monday and then you're not seeing any results like your weekend is a really big leak where probably almost all of your extra calories are coming in there are other leaks as well but I hope you get the idea I want you to look at a food log or just even consider the way that you've been eating and ask yourself like are there any places where I'm consuming like tons of extra calories that are fairly obvious for me to notice. So that's the first step, notice where the leaks are. Now, I won't lie to you, some leaks are easier to fix than others. So for some people, it's very easy to say, oh, well, I'm actually drinking more than I realize. Maybe I'll just drink one day a week, or maybe instead of having four or five drinks, I'll have one or two. But for other people, that might be harder. Or maybe you really love your Starbucks in the morning and the idea of going to like black coffee or something lower calorie makes you, you know, not want to get out of bed. I encourage you when you're looking at these leaks to pick the ones that you think you can tackle because I want you to get some early wins here. So if you're like, it will be really difficult for me to give up this thing, that's fine. You know, look for something else, some other leak, or use one of the other methods I'm going to discuss to bring your calorie level down. Now, if you do that and you're still not having success, or if this one big leak that you're attached to is like the one thing that's getting in the way of your success, then you need to have a conversation with yourself about if you're truly ready, willing, and able to pursue fat loss right now, just point blank. And that's totally fine. There's no right or wrong answer, but we are setting ourselves up for failure and feeling really bad about ourselves if we keep saying, I want to lose fat, I want to lose fat, but we know deep down that we're not ready to make the changes that we need to make. So sometimes it's just better to take a step back and say, you know what, I don't want to give up this thing or I, I really need this thing right now. It's really helping me. Life is hard. Like, I totally get it. No judgment for me. I have my things as well. And you just say, I'm not going to pursue fat loss right now. I'm going to pursue maintenance. I'm going to try to eat as healthily as I can and be as active as I can. And then if you are in a place later to come back and fix that leak, then you can do so. So leaks, again, are like things we know we maybe shouldn't be doing as much or eating as much or, or things that we suspect are contributing hundreds or even thousands of extra calories to our week. Do a little food log or think back to how you've been eating and see if you can identify any of those things because oftentimes correcting those will automatically start your fat loss progress in the right direction even without counting calories or doing any other type of tracking. So the second method that I really like because similarly to fixing your leaks it takes the way you're already eating and tweaks it just a little bit is to eat just a little bit less at every meal. Now, this works better if you are the type of person who tends to eat the same meals. If you are someone whose eating life is chaos and you're always eating different shit and you're eating on the go and like everything is a new adventure, this probably isn't going to be as helpful for you. But if you have more of a routine or, you know, even if one of your meals is routine, so maybe breakfast or lunch are a little crazy, but dinner is always at home with your partner, your roommates or your family, eat a little bit less than you normally would at those meals. You don't need to make any other changes like uh, cutting out certain foods or eating a totally different meal. Just try to serve yourself less food. As an aside, one thing that actually can help 
with this is to use smaller plates. This is kind of like a psychological trick. If you ever looked at those optical illusion books or uh, pictures when you were a kid, when we have the same amount of food, it's, it's like that. So when we have the same amount of food on a smaller plate versus a bigger plate, it feels like more food on the smaller plate. Now, obviously, it's the same and you could be like, that's stupid. Like, I would never fall for that. But I just know for me personally, there's something very satisfying about eating like a mountain of food on a tiny plate versus it not even filling up a big plate. So one thing that can help you if you're trying to do this specific tactic is to use smaller bowls and smaller plates or put your food in a smaller Tupperware. But you don't need to cut the meal in half. Just try serving a little bit less than you normally would and stick with that for a few weeks and see what happens. The third system that I like, and this is a really great system because it's very versatile and it's very effective and you can use it in so many situations, is monitoring portion sizes using your hand. Now, I stole this system from Precision Nutrition, who I am level two certified from. I don't know if they created it or got it from somebody else, but they're the ones that have really popularized it. Basically, the idea is that for different types of food, we can eyeball how big of a portion we should be eating based on the size of our hand. Now, this works great because bigger people can eat more food. They tend to have bigger hands and smaller people who probably need a little less food tend to have smaller hands. It's not a perfect system, but I do think it's a great place for most people to start. So if we're thinking about protein, so you can imagine a chicken breast or a piece of steak, the serving size is about the palm of your hand and about the thickness of a deck of cards. So if you have a steak that's like really, really thick, you know, you might want smaller than the size of your palm just because it's thicker or vice versa. If you have like a pork chop or a piece of fish that's really thin, you know, you might be able to eat more than the actual size of your palm just because of the thickness. For carbs, so things like potatoes, rice, pasta, fruit, the serving sizes, I want you to visualize you have a softball that you're holding in your hand. The way that you cup your fingers to hold that imaginary ball, you know, you can replace the ball with this serving of carbs. So we say a cupped handful, but basically it's if you're cupping your hand and you are holding like a ball sized serving. Now, we're not talking like basketball size. I'm talking about a ball that can comfortably fit within your palm and your fingers. For vegetables, the serving is going to be the size of your fist. So I will say with this, most people can get away with eating a lot more servings of vegetables. And I'm actually going to talk more about this in some of the later strategies. But just know that a good place to start for vegetables is the size of your fists. And then the final one is for fats. So this one is really important because fats are more than twice as calorically dense than protein and carbs. Basically, one gram of protein and one gram of carbs each have four calories and one gram of fat has nine calories. So if we're going to measure the portion size of anything, it should be fats because they're tasty and they're really easy to overeat and they have extra calories compared to other types of foods. So for fats, the serving size is your thumb. So if you make a thumbs up, no, don't just look from where your thumb meets the rest of your palm. Look at the base of your thumb, which kind of runs to the middle of your palm and then the thickness of your thumb as well. So for nuts, this is huge. Like if you think about how most people eat nuts, they grab handfuls of nuts. If you actually measure out a serving of nuts, it's only the size of your thumb. If you are using like an oil or a liquid fat or something like that, a great place to start would be one tablespoon. Now, for these portion sizes, these are per meal, okay? So we would ideally be getting protein, some healthy carbs, some vegetables, and fats with each meal. 
uh, you can tweak that to some extent if you're eating higher carbs versus lower fat, which I talk more about why we do this and how we do this in my Sane and Simple Nutrition course. I will say that active women, like very active women or women in larger bodies and men should steer more towards like two palms of protein, maybe two handfuls of carbs or veggies. You basically want to double the serving. Men who are in smaller bodies or who are less active and women, most women should stick more towards the one serving per meal. And I know this isn't fair, but it's honestly just a function of body size. Larger bodies need more food and can get away with eating more food for fat loss and smaller bodies have to find a way to eat a little bit less food. So just something to consider there. So again, I like this because you can do it anywhere. You can do it at a restaurant. You can do it at a potluck. Like you don't need to be a huge dork about it and like hold your hand right up to your plate, but you can take a quick look at your hand and a quick look at your plate and you can sort of divvy up how much food you think you should have. This is a really effective system. So the fourth thing that you can do is to build your meals based on a visual meal template. So I've shared this on Instagram before, but for fat loss, a great, really simple meal template would be about half of your plate is veggies, maybe some fruits, about a quarter of your plate is some type of protein, and then the other quarter of your plate is divided up between healthy carbs and fats, depending on, again, how you've decided to set up your diet. Now, you can tweak this to some extent because if you've just done a hard workout, you probably need more carbs. So maybe you could have like a third of your plate be carbs and the rest, you know, quarter protein and the rest veggies. Um, you know, there's a few ways that you can play with it, but we really want to be eating a lot of veggies and not as many carbs and fats just because those tend to be easier to eat and higher in calories. And we definitely want to make sure that we keep that protein in there because protein is going to help us feel more full. It's going to help us recover from training and it provides a lot of other fat loss benefits. So this is super simple. Like you're at home, you're serving yourself dinner or you're at the counter place where you create your little lunch to go at work. You just have this visual template in mind and then you literally build your plate according to the template. Again, this works because we are limiting higher calorie foods and we're eating more foods that are more filling but don't have as many calories and that is going to help us stick with our diet a little bit better. The final tip, which is really relevant to all of these, is that it's much easier to lose fat without counting calories if we tend to prioritize more nutrient-dense, calorically sparse foods. So what exactly does that mean? So nutrient-dense just means there's all kinds of good stuff in there like vitamins and minerals, oftentimes a lot of fiber or protein because those tend to fill us up. And then calorically dense is what it sounds like. There's not a lot of calories per volume of food. So you might have seen these memes going around where it's like 200 calories of chocolate, which is like, you know, one fun size chocolate bar or like a couple of squares of a nicer chocolate bar. And then 200 calories of broccoli, which is like a giant plate of broccoli that no nobody would ever eat because it's so much broccoli. This is what we mean by um, calorically sparse versus calorically dense foods. Calorically sparse foods are going to be the like lean proteins, fruits and vegetables, whole grains. Uh, calorically dense foods are going to be your traditional like quote unquote junk food, processed foods, whatever. Foods that for a smaller amount of food, they have a whole lot more calories. And they often are specifically designed by food companies to be really tasty and really easy to eat a lot of. So that combination of like not a lot of food volume and really 
uh, appetizing, really fueling our cravings, makes it really hard to monitor calories, okay? So we want to eat more fruits and veggies and lean proteins, not because they're like morally superior to these other foods, but that those foods will fill us up more and make it less likely that we will overeat or go over our calorie limit. So it's just a whole lot easier to get in a caloric deficit and eat the amount of food that you need and also like eat foods that are going to give you energy and help you feel vibrant and healthy when you tend to prioritize those types of foods. Again, things like lean proteins, fruits and veggies, whole grains, some healthy fats, although we do want to be careful of serving sizes like I mentioned with fats. Again, you, it's not that you can never have quote unquote junk food or treat food or a drink or whatever. It's just that if you're not counting calories, you're setting yourself up for more success if you eat foods that fill you up more but don't have as many calories. I hope that makes sense. So again, it's absolutely possible to lose fat without counting calories. Also, eventually, everybody should be off of counting calories. I talked about this in my maintenance episode, but like, it's great to count and track. It can give you great data. But like if you're so hung up on that that you can't put together a healthy meal or make good choices without it, like you've absolutely set yourself up for failure. So all of these skills are also relevant to practice along with tracking if you choose to use it. Or you can pick any number or combination of these five strategies to lose fat without tracking. So just to summarize those again, the first one is to fix your leaks. So do a little food log, see if there are any areas that you are consuming a lot of extra calories through things like snacks, alcohol, pop, restaurant meals, etc. And then see if there's one or two of those leaks that you feel pretty confident that you can reduce that will potentially save you a lot of extra calories every week. The second strategy is to eat a little bit less at each meal. This tends to work best if you have a meal that's sort of uh, routine. I was trying to say routineized. That's not a word. But you have a routine around this meal. Or you tend to eat the same meal because you already know what you normally eat. And it's a little bit easier to just shave a little bit off of that, have a little bit less. I mentioned also that one way to help with this is to serve yourself in a smaller bowl or plate or container. The third strategy is that we can use our hand to eyeball appropriate portion sizes. Protein is about the size of the palm of your hand and the thickness of a deck of cards. Carbs are going to be one cupped handful, vegetables a fist, and fats the size of your thumb. Men, active women, people in larger bodies, two of those per meal. Uh, most women, men that are smaller or are less active should probably stick with one per meal. And you can always try this, by the way, and if you're not seeing results, you can change your serving size. Nothing has to be set in stone here. The fourth strategy is to build your meals using a visual meal template. So having about half your plate be veggies, a quarter protein, and then the remaining quarter being a mix of carbs and fats. And then the final strategy is to just try to eat as many nutrient-dense and calorically sparse foods as you can. So eat less meals out, eat less um, food that would be considered like junk food or treat food or processed foods. Make most of your meals centered around lean proteins, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats, and that will help manage hunger while still keeping you in a caloric deficit. So I hope this was helpful and potentially encouraging if you're someone who's like, ugh, tracking, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, I don't have time. There is still hope for you. You can absolutely lose fat and improve your eating habits without tracking. If you want to learn more about this stuff, if you want help with your food and body goals, if you are tired of all of the BS of starting and stopping and not really knowing what to do, nothing seems to be working for you, 
I want you in the next round of Sane and Simple Nutrition. I really hope that you'll join me. This is my signature six-week online group coaching program, and it starts next week, so you can only sign up through the end of this week. So Sunday, April 9th will be the last day to sign up. Go to carolinejusterfitness.com slash Sane and Simple Nutrition to sign up. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we will have the return of guest episodes. I will be talking a lot more about fitness stuff again. Lots of exciting things coming up, and I can't wait to see you then. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.